All right. Today we are going to talk about giving thanks. Um, how often do we sit in a Thanksgiving chair and give thanks in all circumstances, huh? So um, we are going to just un- unpack Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes around every year, doesn't it? Um, how many of you got your turkeys and everything? Everybody got turkeys? Some of you like ham, some of you like something else, right? So we all have something that we're going to sit and eat. Um, maybe a turkey sub, who knows? I don't know. But we'll, um, we'll figure those out. Um, even though we are physically in November, mentally sometimes I am in uh, 2013, um, just looking ahead. And, you know, we only have uh, one month toward, till Christmas. And um, I, I've seen a lot. Melissa and I every year have gone on Black Friday shopping, but now it looks like it's creeping into Thanksgiving. Have you seen that? That now it's 8 o'clock, it gets closer every year, and pretty soon I guess we'll grab a turkey sandwich and run to go shop somewhere. But, um, which means it's a little over a month plus um, until it's 2013. Where did 2012 go? Some of us will be glad to see it go. Um, other of us uh, aren't quite sure what 2013 had. I, I just get this feeling that, um, that I think God wants and is going to do some incredible things in 2013 in the ministry of this church. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I just see God working in incredible ways um, and setting things uh, together. Today I want you, uh, I'm going to give you, I, never say, I rarely say this, but today I am going to give you a major life lesson. Okay? Aren't you glad you came now? The church, I am going to give a major life lesson. And um, so I want you to have something to write with today. Have something out to write with. And if we need some, maybe somebody who's ushering or whatever can run back and get some pens if anybody needs one. Just kind of throw your hands up. Maybe somebody next to you has one. And we're going to be in one place. So have something to write uh, with, which means you need something to write on. And I provided that for you. But um, if you need something else, you might want that as well. And... In the, also, we're gonna, if you have a Bible, open your Bible. We're going to be in one place today. You know, sometimes I play Bible roulette and I'm all over the place. But today we're going to be in one place. We're going to be in Luke 17. Now, I will tell you, for years and years and years, I, ha- I did this sermon like when I was first a minister. And then I avoided it because this is the one that every preacher brings out at Thanksgiving time. Everyone, it's about Jesus, and we'll go. Stephen read it, but we're going to read it again. But it's about every, you know, the, the one came back and gave thanks, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I always avoided it because everybody else did it. I decided I'd be different, um, and that's the only reason. So when I looked at this, I just really felt passionate about it. But usually, if I'm going to give in to that kind of thing because I am pretty stubborn, um, it is usually because I, God gave me something a little bit different on it. Um, so. So if you got your Bible, you can open up to Luke 17. You can have uh, your, something to write with and paper, and we're going to be good. Now, as you begin, as we begin today, um, I want to ask you something. I want you to physically write down. Now, I know you're still, some of you are those people. I'll remember it. I'll keep it here. I'm, I'm good at that. You know, you're the same people who are annoyed that we're wearing name tags as well. Um, but here's what I want to say. Um, I want you to write down. Three people, I even gave you some blanks for that, write down three different people that you are thankful for. And I'll give you just a little bit of time to do that. So just write them down right now. Three people. And if you're not moving, that means you're, being, uh, you're, you're not listening and not paying attention. And I'm going to call a the theology police on you. So um, 
So write down people that you're thankful for. You know, just like a thank you note that we, like we have right, we'll have up on the screen in a second. Just like thank you. It could be a friend. It could be a grandparent. It could be a sibling. It could be a spouse. It could be a parent, a boss, um, a co-worker. It could be a, a pastor. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be somebody. Somebody. So write those three down. And as, like when I do this thing in class, I'll say, now when you're done, look up and I'll know you're, that you're finished. You're right? You guys remember that? Okay, isn't that right, Bobby? Isn't that what we do? Okay. All right. So everybody got three people down? You got, you got three that you're really thankful for. I mean, over your whole lifespan, too. I want you to write, you know, but, but alive still. Okay? Um, all right. So while, while you're finishing that up, um, I, think, I think every single one of us was able to come up with three people. Am I right? Now, what's interesting here, um, every single one of our, us considers ourselves to be thankful, don't we? I think every person in this room would say, I'm thankful, and, um, or grateful. And we could come up with a list. If I gave you name 10 things that you're thankful for at your you know, work, you could, some of you might have to struggle a little bit more, but you might find that. Or if I said, name 10 things that you're, you enjoy doing that, that, bring you, uh, that make you grateful. We could all come up with lists. We're really good at lists of all kinds of things that we're grateful for. And in all my years as a pastor, one of the, one of the most interesting things that I looked at this um, is I have never had anybody come to me in counseling and say, you know, here's my problem. I'm very ungrateful. No one has ever said to me they're ungrateful, ever in, in the history uh, since I've been a pastor. Um, they never say I'm ungrateful and a really thankless person. No one. I have never had that at all. And um, I think because we all believe that we're grateful. Am I right? And, but we, I guarantee you, now let me ask this question. Does anybody here know somebody who's ungrateful? Anybody? I think all of us think that we are, believe that we are grateful, and we all know somebody who's ungrateful. Now, we work with ungrateful people. We have them in our families. But we ourselves are not ungrateful. Not us. That's somebody else. And so I say, I'm not part of that being ungrateful. Um, all around us, we have people that are in the stores and gas stations, in our families, at the table, etc. Now, this is important, and I want, I want you to jot this down. I don't have a blank for you, but I want you to jot this down. If we got to get this. This is an important concept that I'm sharing today. Because if we don't get this, you could go into 2013 believing you're a grateful person and other people see you as ungrateful. Okay? Um, so I want you to focus on that. And as we do, I'm going to reread through this section of Scripture, and we're just going to unpack it again. Okay? Everybody good with that? Good. Okay. So here we go. Um, Luke 17 and uh, 11 through 19. So let's start. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And, they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, 
when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, ask, we're not all ten cleansed, where are the other nine? No one, has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Okay, now, let's look at some of this. As I said, uh, everybody knows somebody who's ungrateful, correct? Everybody knows somebody who's ungrateful. And um, we, we've dealt with this time and time again. We know people who just don't seem to care and just don't seem to deal with this. But in Luke 17, in Luke 17, we have this situation. And what we find out is we have men, ten of them, who are desperate Desperate to be healed. Absolutely desperate to be healed. Why do I say that? Well, let's look at the scripture again. Uh, Just a little uh, tidbit of it. Verses 11 through 13. It says, now as Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, uh, as he was on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had what? Leprosy. Now, leprosy is a horrible disease. Now, many people will tell you in the Scripture it's some kind of skin disease or disorder, but um, either way, leprosy at its purest form is a horrific disease. Here's how it comes along. In the beginning, in the onset, you get fatigued, very fatigued. Um, And if you're a hypochondriac, sorry, you're going to think you have leprosy today. Um, But you get really fatigued. So how many of you are fatigued? We've all got leprosy. Um, But then at the onset, then after being fatigued, we start to have some numbness that occurs in our legs. And we get a little bit more numb. We then begin to lose the feeling in our nerve endings, in our fingertips and toes. We actually have extra biblical sources that talk about leprosy at this point. That Here you go. You ready to get grossed out? Um, That people would wake up in the morning and have their fingertips gnawed off by a rat or something because they couldn't feel it. Okay? Isn't that delicious? Okay. Um, So we have that happening. You, then you would begin to have a discolorization of the skin. It would be very splotchy. And then just parts, like your nose and your fingers and things would just begin to, to, to die and fall off. Um, it was pretty much, in that day, a death sentence. It was a death sentence if you got leprosy. As a matter of fact, they, they, as you read in the verse right here, it says... They stood at a what? What is that? Distance. Everybody say distance. Distance. They stood at a distance because what had happened, if you had, a, had leprosy, they would take you out of your job, out of the synagogue, out of your family, and they would throw you out to the other people who had leprosy, and you hung out with them. For instance, Jews and Samaritans hated each other, despised each other. But you can see there's at least one Samaritan hanging out with the Jewish people. You know why? Misery loves company. When nobody loves you, your enemy's your, your good friend when you both have the same situation. And so they had to yell to Jesus from a distance. Because in this time, if you came near somebody, say I had leprosy and I'm walking here, I'd have to yell, unclean, unclean. And you guys would have to scatter. 
unclean, unclean. This was a practice of many diseases, but particularly with leprosy in this biblical time. Now, can you imagine what that does to your psyche if you've been completely removed from your family and everything else? You've lost everything that you worked for or put your hope in. Then all of a sudden, you got body parts falling off. You're hanging out with people who didn't like you in the first place. And now... Everywhere you do go, you have to stay at a distance and scream unclean so they don't get close to you. How do you think that works on your psyche? If you, if you, don't, if you want to find out, tomorrow, just everywhere you go, yell unclean and see what people do. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine after church, because everybody goes to Walmart or someplace after church. Just go into Walmart and yell, unclean, unclean, and you'll see them just move, right? And what... You might have people like diving under, uh, you know, the tables and who knows what else. But you see, they, they yell out to him and they're dealing with this unclean nature. They stood at a distance and they cry for mercy or for pity. They're yelling for this. All right? So now let's, uh, we're going to jump up here to, um, to verse 14. So I know Melinda's jumping around with me. 17 verse 14. When he saw them, he said... Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, I find this is really cool because now Jesus is screaming back to them. They, they yell to him, hey, hey, you, ha, have mercy on us. Have pity on us. Jesus goes, hey, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, the whole way they're going to the priest, yelling unclean, unclean, unclean. But something really, really cool begins to happen here. And if you look at these next seven words in 15 to 17... Um, excuse me, not 15, 17. Um, I'm going to share with you the other verse. It's the one before that in 15, 16. It says right here, um, verse 14. When he saw them, he yelled, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Isn't that cool? They're on the way. And if they were being good and obeying what was said, they're on their way yelling, unclean, 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 unclean. Whoa, wait a second here. They were cleansed on the way to the priest. Now, can you imagine what that does for you? Now, how many believe that the Bible is true? Anybody believe the Bible is true? Well, you got to think about this. There are 10 men basically on death row. Dead men walking is what they're dealing with. They're headed to the priest and they're made completely whole. Everything they had lost, all pride, all family, immediately comes back to them. This is the greatest moment of their lives, right here. The absolute greatest moment. Now we look at verse 15. And it says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? So what we have here is some interesting things. Because ever since I, I saw the story, I realized, number one, that the ten, and you have this on your sheet, the ten were desperate, the ten are desperate, and the ten, it's not they ten, the ten were cleansed or made clean. We all know that, right? But ever since I've been a little kid growing up in Sunday school, remember, anybody remember Sunday school? 
You remember Sunday school? Sunday school, I said, I, meant, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but Sunday school is where we told all the gruesome stories of the Old Testament, and we threw them on little kids, and then we stopped talking about them when we were adults. Did you realize that? We like talking about God and Jesus and love, and then we give all the kids, and so-and-so smote somebody. You know, we give them all those guys. Love David and Goliath and that. And one of these stories I remember from Sunday school is these leper guys, and it was always around this time of year, these leper guys, Jesus heals 10 of them, and the other ones go, and the one goes back to Jesus to say thank you. And the moral of the story, uh, from ever since I was a little kid, is this. Don't be like the other nine. Be like the one, not the ten, but don't be like the nine. Anybody get that? should say nine. Don't be, all right. Don't be like the nine, right? Why? Because they went back and they just said, thanks for the healing, see you later, go. Now, and then it, it always preaches and we continue to preach and say, okay, yeah, that's good, good, Jesus healed them, yeah, and they were, they were nasty to him and yada, yada, yada. But as I looked at this, I started to think of some different things here. I've always thought how ungrateful those nine people are. But stop for a second. Let's be realistic here. If you had leprosy like they did, would you just be like, no big deal? Remember I just said, this is the greatest moment of their lives. There is no logical reason that they wouldn't be excited and thrilled and grateful that they were healed. I think every sermon I've ever gave and everyone everybody else is giving today is garbage about them not being thankful. I guarantee you they were thankful. I guarantee you they were so thankful, they went, whoa, I'm clean. And they ran home to the families. Don't you think? They might have stopped by the priest and said, whoa, look at me, and then kept going. We could do a whole other sermon and say, why didn't the guy go to the priest? Maybe that's where they went. Who knows? But I'm sure they were thrilled. I'm sure they were leaping. I'm sure they were jumping. Oh, my gosh. I'm jumping and stuff's not falling off me. It's a wonderful world, right? But as I look at this, what is the true part of the story? It's always been, don't be like denying. But if we stop the story here... We miss a greater part. Then what is this all about gratefulness and thanks? Because we miss something very important here. I know that the nine were grateful. They couldn't have been ungrateful. I don't know how they could have been. They were probably just as grateful. They probably ran in and grabbed their, their, their kids and their spouse and their parents and hugged them and loved on them. And... The first time in however long since they had this, they could walk somewhere without staying unclean. They were probably yelling, clean, 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 look, look, we're clean. You know? You see, there's a problem here, though. The problem is not, and I'm going to put this up here. The problem is not that they did not feel gratitude, but they never returned to express gratitude. A big difference there, okay? This is a key problem. They, they were thrilled, but they never returned to express their gratitude to Jesus. They felt gratitude in their hearts, but they never returned to him. How could they not have had gratitude in their lives? They were thrilled, thrilled in their lives to be healed. How could they not be? You see, there's a life lesson here for us 
And this life lesson is simply this, that we can learn. Unexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. Do you ever think of that? Unexpressed gratitude, like we can say, oh, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. But if we never express it, it shows that we're ungrateful. Inaction is more important than, than saying what, or believing what we say. And here's one of the other things to that. It sounds crazy, but it's true. But if we are not careful, you can spend the rest of your life believing you are a grateful person when actually others around you view you as ungrateful. Remember, everybody here said, I'm thankful, I'm grateful. And I'm sure the, the nine, when they returned, said, I am so happy. But remember what Jesus asked? Whoa, 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 wait a second. Wasn't there ten that were healed? Where are the other nine? You see, to Jesus, it, even though they were grateful, they had to be, he felt that they were ungrateful because they didn't express it to him. Only one expressed it to him. This leapt out at the page to me. Because right now, when we think about this, if we're not careful, this statement up here, if we're not careful, you can spend the rest of your life believing that you are a grateful person when actually others around you view you as ungrateful. Right now, I guarantee you, we pop somebody in our head at being ungrateful. Didn't we? Think of somebody ungrateful. You got them? And partly some of the reason they're ungrateful because they've never expressed gratitude for everything that we've done for them. Am I right? Now, wonder if anybody thinks that about us. That's big, isn't it? Isn't that big? We just don't live in a time where we express gratitude the way we have. We say, it's not me. I wish, right now, you probably said, whew, I wish so-and-so was here today. Didn't we? I wish that person, oh, man, they missed church today. I wish, oh, gosh. I'm going to send them the link online, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, Andy, can you make some CDs for me? Because I'm giving it to them for a Thanksgiving Day present, I, you know, aren't we? That's what we're doing. I know, I know. And I want to tell you something. If your heart immediately goes to someone or someone else, you may be dangerously, dangerously close to this yourself right now. And it's possible that people view us this way, and we're probably shocked. But how? How does somebody view me this way? We tell them, we, we say how grateful we are for this person and that person, but we never really go back to this person and that person and let them know. Again, you could rattle off and make a list of all the people. Remember those three that you made? Let me ask you this question up here. Do those people know that you're grateful for them? Do they know? In other words, are you like the nine? You're grateful in your heart and you're grateful for the healing. You're grateful for what they've given you, but you never told the healer. You need, we need to go back and tell that. Jesus wanted them to come back and just say thank you. My feelings of gratitude can deceive me into believing that I'm grateful at times. Guess what? Have you ever tried to read somebody else's mind? Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to see what somebody else is thinking? How's that work out for you? You ever gotten like a, said, oh, I know so-and-so will love this present, and you think, and you give it to them, and then they're like, uh. And you're like so excited that they, I got to tell you, one year, um, is Melissa teaching Sunday school today? 
Okay, good. Um, no, but one year, no, one year, one year she got me this scale for Christmas. And I was like, are you telling me I'm fat? You know, I mean, you know, and I was, but, you know, I mean, I, I was asking her and she said, I really thought you'd like it. And you know what? It's, it's something I have used more than ever. She actually knew more about me than I did, that I'd love this thing, you know, and be obsessed by it. But she knew I was working out and I was trying to get stuff. It took me a long while to get on the right track. But she started doing all this kind of stuff, gave it to me. So I'm like really excited because years previous she bought me a PlayStation. which was, That was when PlayStation was really, really cool and they didn't have all the other cool stuff. And she, she bought me some really cool stuff over the year. And I opened up and I, I'm really excited and I opened this box and I have a scale. You know? What's like next, the diet plan with it? You know? I mean, and so, but she... she we, we've all experienced that where we think hard and we work on it and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, we don't think we know people's minds. We don't. So if we say, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, but we never open our mouth and say it, how are people going to know? You know, people have been putting on Facebook every day something they're thankful for. I, in turn, have decided to put some ridiculous and humorous things just to kind of see if I get reaction. And some people are like, yeah, me too. I'm like, you know. But I want to ask you, do these people know that you are grateful for them? You see, there's a simple lesson in life, and you can see this. Under simple lesson number one, life lesson was unexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. And you can see how Jesus said that. We're not all ten cleansed. The simple life lesson number one is we have more in common with the nine than we think. We've always loved to go to the one, but we have more in common with the nine than we, than we think. We're thankful. We're just slow a lot of times to express it. Or worse, we are so busy in life than to stop and express it. Does that, that relate better to some people? That we dart in the door, we grab our stuff, we go ahead, we don't say, hey, thanks for the dinner that I just swallowed down my gullet and zipped out the door. We just expect things there. You know, and we just take it for granted time and time again. Look at what Jesus said, uh, and I think this is, I think this, I've always interpreted this differently, interpreted this differently, but now I have a different interpretation. Look at this verse of scripture that I put in here in your, um, from Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God, and I, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. You know what I think? I think when we get still, then we can stop and we can look around. You know, like that video I showed at the beginning, the Thanksgiving chair? How many of us take time in our life just to step back and sit in a chair of Thanksgiving and say, wow, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. You know, I got to tell you, I hate bedtime in my house. Because try to get five children in bed. It is a living hell. And I end up so frustrated just to go to sleep. And when you put them in bed, it's this weird boomerang effect. They, they, there must be a spring in the bed because they pop back out. And then they pop down the stairs. And then they're in my face. And they wait right till I get just to sleep. Daddy, daddy, daddy! And I'm like, whoa, what? And then I'm done for the next two hours. You know? But you know, when you, if you ever get in your Thanksgiving chair and they finally do fall asleep and you walk in and you sit and just look at them, gives you a chance to really be thankful that they're healthy and busy. You know what I mean? And that God gave them to you. 
to test you in many ways. <laughs> Am I right? And we forget that so often because we're so busy and frustrated. Just go to bed. I don't care. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be with you. Get. You come down again, I'll beat you senseless. You know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? We go through that. Anybody else gone through that in your life? But I guarantee you, those of you who have grown children would love one day for them to be little again. Wouldn't you? You'd love for them to just annoy you so that you don't just go lay in bed and they come down and they want to crawl in bed with you. It's annoying now. And you really don't want them at 25 crawling in bed with you because that's weird. You know what I mean? Be still. Be still because when we're still, we know God and we can thank him for everything that's there in our Thanksgiving chair. Simple lesson number two. We have a, a lot more in common with the nine than we think. And number two is we are a lot like the ten. Now, before we get to the ten, I want to do something. One of the things that I, I have done over the years is every once in a while I'll get a thank you note or a thank you something. And I, I used to keep a lot of those. And, and sometimes, you know, you know, anybody gotten thank you stuff at times? Thank you emails, thank you cards, and you know, the dying art of thank you cards. Remember when somebody actually used to put pen to paper and write something? I remember for my graduation, um, people gave me gifts from high school, and I had to write thank you notes, and I hated that. And actually, I was dating some girl at the time, and she wrote them all for me. Yeah, it's a good thing. So, um, yes, I am a scumbag. Um, so, but... You know, it was te- it's tedious, isn't it? It's effort. It's sacrificial. You want to be doing something else than just sitting there writing, writing these things. And, um, but, you know, it means a lot. And sometimes just life gets really difficult. You know, sometimes, sometimes ministry gets difficult. Sometimes being a pastor. You know, several times, there, there are times throughout the year when I say, God, yoo enough, ding, 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 ring the bell, call me home or give me a cubicle with nobody around me. You know what I mean? You, anybody have those in your life? In your own jobs, you have that, right? And you say, I have enough. And it's those times when it's good to reflect back. You know, I've had people give me just some little little things or just a, a card or something, and you just pull that out and you see that. And sometimes God will have somebody at that right time just send something out that just says, you know, and, and you go ahead. I heard, I heard one minister call it a keep going folder. You know, I think we all need a keep going folder in our lives. I'm just saying, okay, it does make a difference because guess what? Life ain't fun a lot of times, is it? It kicks you in the rear, flips you over, kicks you again, and flips you back over and kicks you a couple more times just to make sure you got the first couple kicks. And just when you think everything's cruising in a direction, all of a sudden, boom. And that's the pattern that continues. And so, you know, so many of us feel gratitude in our lives when have we really stopped to just express thanks? Not on Thanksgiving, but just any other day of the, of the year. Just to, just to express thanks for our spouse and who they are. Or for our children, or for our parents, or for our, our co-workers, or for, our, you know, or for the person that we see every day as we go into work that just thinks people are passing them by. Or the restaurant that we go to all the time. We may say, and, and some of us are already going to this point saying, well, I'm not that type of person. They know. But they don't. I will guarantee you they don't know. 
or they don't know as much as you feel. And so when we express gratitude for friends and family and for servants in our churches, happens. how many of you have kids in Sunday school or nursery? How many of us have ever just gone to them who every week are there and just say, thank you? You know what I mean? We take it for granted and just say, thanks for being there for my kids. That's, that's part of the keep going stuff that, that they continue with to express our attitude. So right now, we're not going to get out of here without doing something. All right? Remember those names that you wrote down. Those names that you wrote down. Now, we're, gonna, we're still at sample lesson number two. But, because um, we got one other thing to finish. But I'm going to give you a couple brief uh, minutes. And Wayne, could you just like play a little bit? Um, I'll be done soon after that. But that, give us some mood music, okay? Uh, what? I am very thankful for Wayne. I am extremely thankful for Wayne. Um, so he's just going to play some thankful music for us. And, um, and I want you to take some paper, some cards. If you got some with you, I don't know who walks around with cards. Somebody probably does. Or I'm going to tell you something different. Do you have a smartphone? Pull it out and send somebody a text, an email. Just that one of those people that you wrote on your list. Now, some of you, I realize they may not have a smartphone, okay? So you're going to have to do it the hard way. But I want you to just right now, right where we are, jot it down on something. Now, if you jot it down on the bulletin, you don't have to give them the bulletin. Go ahead and transpose it when you get home and send it to them. But if you have a smartphone, go ahead and send them a text and just say, I'm sitting in church right now. And I'm, I'm not, not listening to the sermon. The minister just told me to do told me just, we're talking about thanks. And I just want to tell you, you came to mind, and I just want to thank you for who you are. Now, if the person next to you you wrote on your list, um, or you didn't, you might want to write them on your list because they're looking at you now. So you might want to send them something. But I just want you to take just a few brief moments right now and just say thank you to somebody. Just say thank you. You know, jot it down, text it, just go for it right now. Say thank you. Say thank you just to them right now. Even if they're sitting next to you, send them a text just so they know that you're there. Right, just start writing. I don't care. Just If you have to write on the bulletin, you got to transcribe it, just do that. I want to hear that everybody has told at least three people in here how much they mean to them. you to begin to wind some of that down, okay, and just start to wind it down, and um, pick it back up, don't just say, whew, dodge that bullet in church, he called it before I was getting ready to write it, you know, no, go for it, keep going, doesn't it feel good to say thank you, doesn't it feel good to just get thanks, doesn't it, because I think some of us need a keep going folder from somebody else, right? As we close down, as we're winding this down today, I want to finish some other things. And I want to give you some other things. My thought today is that, is this very simply, that 
We won't, that we'll live the last month of this year differently than we lived the first 11 months of this year. Because I'd say many of us were just fighting to get ahead and just try, and, and how's that working for us? And, and, and while we're doing that, we just don't stop to say thank you. And so in that, live out this last part of the year and continue it in 2013 as being thankful people, living as the one, not the nine. Being grateful, but expressing that in in an incredible way. And so here's the last thing. The last thing, as I begin to look at this, is we are a lot like the ten. What I mean by that is because we read in the scripture that they were diseased. And as I began to look at this, guess what? We are all a bunch of diseased people. We have the disease of sin. It separates us from God. It's what causes us to be ungrateful and unthankful. But here's what's cool. Though we shout out from a long distance with sin has separated us from God, we shout out to Jesus and say, hey, have pity on me. Once he sends us in a way, and leads us in a direction, guess what? On the way, we're made clean. Through the blood of Jesus, we're made clean. And now it's our chance to take every ounce of our being and return to him and say, God, oh Jesus, I am so thankful that by your blood, by your suffering, you have removed sin and made me clean and I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to do just what that Samaritan did. I'm going to drop before you. And Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. You're made clean through your faith. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God made him who had no sin be sin on our behalf or for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know what that means? That means that we were over here and God loved us so much that Jesus paid the price for our sin and made us right when we're wrong. Boy, it would be great if we could apply that to everything in life, wouldn't it? we can when he was on when let me ask you when was the last time you gave you returned to give thanks to god to christ when was the last time you said thank you for the cross and your your suffering and your resurrection and your holy spirit thank you for even coming and caring for me at all lord give him thanks Jesus today is longing, just as many of us who are sitting here and many of the people that you just said something to are longing to be thanked. Jesus is longing to be thanked. Your life may be rocky. It may be tough and you may be struggling. But guess what? If you know Jesus, it's all the better. Because we win the victory in the end because of him. If you know Jesus... Take room to give him thanks in your life. Not only this season, but each and every day. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for the cross. I thank you for for sending your son Jesus to live amongst us, to just teach us what it truly means to be thankful. And God, I just want to thank you for this church and the people here. Sometimes, God, it's just... Sometimes it gets weighty on everybody's existence. But when we come together at this time and your presence meets us here, and that's no mistake, your presence meets us here. So God, I just want to tell you that you're awesome and I'm not. 
I want to thank you for keeping me going and, and for keeping each of us here going and focusing on you. During the season of thanks, may it not just be a day that we fill ourselves with turkey and get tired and fatigued and feel like we, we're getting leprosy. But God, may it be something that we renew our commitment and we recognize that the first president of the United States, George Washington, said that we made a proclamation that we need to set aside to thank our creator for all that we have. That Abraham Lincoln did the same thing and made it a holiday to say that a holy day is what holiday means. A day where we set apart and we focus on you, God. Thank you for my sin. Even though my sin is ever before you, I'm free in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. And because of that, I'm no longer bound by my sin. And if somebody's here who does not know you as their Savior and Lord and has been struggling and struggling and struggling, that today they may say, I don't know what's going on, but I need a Savior and you're it. Lord, just have them receive that here today. As the praise team comes forward and leads us in a, in a song and, and our heads are bowed and eyes closed, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Amen.